Well, hello and happy holidays to all. I am Matt Williamson, and I have some more notes on this Steelers game. And as maybe you could imagine, they're not particularly great. So let's just dig in. A lot of random stuff, things I've picked up off the internet, but mostly just watching it again. Um, one thing I need to find out, and I will do find this out tonight. Did Porter shadow Pittman before he went down or not? Watching TV copy, it's a little hard to tell. Just want to throw that out there because I don't know why he wouldn't. If that's not, if that wasn't part of the game plan, I don't understand that at all. But I will find that out. That's just something for me. That's a note for me. Um, so Boswell's field goal attempt that they didn't try would have only been 56 yards in a dome with a guy that you trust who's really one of your best players. And, of course, when you make the decision to punt there, which I did not agree with, you're really trusting the much lesser player, Harvin versus Boz. I mean, they're not even close in terms of the spectrum that they are in their respective position. So the result, though, was you get you gained 22 yards of field position and handed the ball back to a team that you couldn't stop. I, I, that needs explained to me. I, I mean, to me, that's a really bad decision. Be, I mean, I get that if he misses the 56-yarder, you're doomed. I mean, nobody stresses a missed field goal, especially a long one, is as bad as a, as a turnover more than me. But I'm trusting Boz. I'm not trusting Harvin. Harvin's bad. Steelers, again, most of these notes aren't very flattering. Um, they averaged 2.8 yards per carry. And I want to talk about the opponent and a lot of different stuff here. But that's your bread and butter, man. I mean, like, that's what you hang your hat on. That That's a big reason I thought this was a good matchup for the Steelers on paper was – you know, you should be able to out-physical them at the point of attack, get more than 2.8 yards per carry. Now, I thought this was promising. And again, I, every time I talk Warren doesn't mean, or to talk up Jalen Warren doesn't mean that I'm talking down Najee Harris. And I know they were losing a lot, so that certainly favors Warren in terms of game script. But he had 69% snap share in this game. That's the by that's by far the highest of his career. Before this, his highest ever snap share game was 53%, which was recently. Because the one thing I've been being critical, I've been critical of was say what you want about Canada. He was starting to get the ball and feature Warren more and more before he got fired, let go. Maybe this staff realizes he's a really good player. I mean, if you go back on my DK timeline. I wrote a pretty extensive article about he might be their best offensive player. He might be the guy that needs to be featured more than anyone in the offense. Maybe they're getting that. I mean, still, they only average 2.8 yards per carry. Um, one thing I like to do watching the game a second time, and again, when I dig into all 22, I'll have even more thoughts on this, but I don't know how much more we'll be talking Steelers-Colts the rest of this week. But um, who was – better than originally thought. I said, maybe the offensive skill guys, 
quarterback play was bad. Run blocking was bad, you know, but were the skill guys to blame? I'll kind of give them a pass to some degree. All four of the Steelers' edge guys had nice games, which you expected. I mean, their tackles aren't great, their offensive tackles, but still, all four played solid games, you know. Now, unfortunately, the guys who are better than I thought were mostly Colts. I mean, their front seven, maybe one of you guys is listening, but somebody tweeted me and said, wow, that Colts front seven was better than I thought. And I wrote back, yeah, I shouldn't get too caught up in Twitter. It's a cesspool. But I wrote back something along the lines of, yeah, I think that's being lost amongst Steeler fans, analysts, etc. That group is better than I thought, was better than I expected. Led by DeForest Buckner, who I've been a huge fan of forever. He's a star. He actually reminds me a lot of Cam Hayward, Cam Jordan. Not going to be a Hall of Famer, but like he'll be in the ring of honor. You know I mean? The guy you'd love to have on that team. But they've invested, as I told you, a lot in their defensive front. And guys like Ogun Jadebo, I kill his name, sorry, and Ecubom are really good young players that are coming into their own. And EJ Speed is the reason, basically, that Darius Leonard is no longer a Colt. He was all over the field. So what I like to do is, whether they deserve, you know, deserve praise or, you know, told that they're terrible, I think you have to recognize the opponent. And that front seven was really, really good. Who was worse than originally thought? Well, this goes hand in hand. Steelers offensive line got killed in this game. Uh, Dan Moore was really bad. And maybe you think about putting Chooks in there at some point, right now actually, and move Jones to the left or Chooks to the left, whatever. But the right side of the line was horrific. I mean, James Daniels has been a really good player this year. And I'm really excited about Jones. But those two got whipped over and over. So the line had a bad day. But especially those guys, maybe all was the only one I'd say didn't have a bad day. Eh, I mean, in general, that was not great. Now, I think it's time to at least throw this out there. Not to officially be concerned. But Cam... Cam Hayward, I don't want to say he got dominated, but he sure didn't win against Nelson. And his numbers or the Steelers' numbers when he's on the field are tremendous against the run before this game. This was a bad game by him. He got beat up on. And I think it's time to be flat out worried in terms of big picture. He ain't what he used to be. I mean, at least throw that out there. And that breaks my heart, but it happens to everybody. Um, Juju Brents, their rookie corner, he had a rough game. I, I thought they could have even picked on him more. He was questionable to come in. And the right side of Indy's O-line was pretty bad, too. I mean, that's also dealing with Watt. And, you know, their right guard, Fries, isn't a great player either. So maybe that could have been something they took even more advantage of. Eh, hard to say. Uh, again, random notes here. I talked about how the Steelers' edge guys had a nice day. Watt had five pressures in this game. It's a big number. That's the most of anyone. But they were all in the first half. It's also hard to get pressures when they don't drop back to pass. This Colts, this was a quote, I think, from Pro Football Focus. The ground game was relentless, too. 
which is a credit to the Colts' offensive line. As Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson, come on, man, activated off practice squad Friday, filled in by picking up huge chunks for a combined 157 yards on 28 carries. Brutal. So why I wanted to bring this up is the Colts did not plan on Sermon and Goodson being really part of the offense at all. I mean, just spare parts. Because before Moss got hurt, he played every offensive snap, which was pretty much a trend, a high percentage of snaps when Jonathan Taylor's been out in, in recent weeks. So they didn't plan on giving the ball to Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson, and they certainly didn't want to, but boy, it worked out well. Along those lines, Indy ran the ball on 20 of its final 21 plays. That excludes kneel downs or kicks. You know, like if you're going to kick a field goal, obviously we're not going to call it run play or whatever, or punts or whatever. Three possessions, their final three possessions, 20 of 21 plays were run plays that milked 1340 off the clock. That's where the dominance was. I mean, there's just no day, no way around that. So the Colts defense was technically responsible for 13 points allowed. But six of those 13 came after inheriting a Pittsburgh drive at the one yard from the end zone. I mean, on a punt. I'm not going to kill the Colts D on that. And the other seven came at the end of a, of the Steelers' only sustained possession the whole game. So they had a 54-yard TD march. Pittsburgh's offense never went further than 36 yards on a single possession. And it eclipsed 20 yards on a possession just three times. I mean, some of that's even like garbage time, you know. So only 13 points allowed, one of which you had to play defense on the one, you know, the Colts. All right, I am going to take a break. We'll talk some snap count stuff to wrap this up. Mm, Yuck. All right, I'm back. Defensive snap counts. They were on the field for 67 plays. The big guys got divvied out like this. Hayward for 50. I guess that's fine. You know, I mean, they weren't great. He's doing battle with Nelson. Would anybody have done better? Maybe not. But I think there's a slight red flag raising on Cam Hayward. Ogan Joby played 38 of 67. I think that's a good ratio. I'd love to keep him around 50-40%, but this is in that neighborhood. Benton got 33. Good. You guys know I'm Adams and Watts fans. Um, Adams got 23 snaps. Watts got 19. I'm not saying they're Warren Sapp and Joe Green, but they're quality players, inning eaters that have played well this year. Quiet success stories for the Steelers D-line. And Liao played nine snaps. I kind of forget about him. On the edge, Highsmith played 42. Watt played 47. Golden, 24, which was missed a week before. Herbig, 11. Seems like a good ratio to me. No complaints there. Roberts never left the field. Played 67 out of 67 at, at linebacker. The other guys are the problems, but I also thought Roberts got exposed in this one, too. Walker played 32. Robinson played 22. I don't think Robinson's an NFL player, folks. 
Safety is the problem. I mean, this speaks volumes that out of 67 snaps, Trenton Thompson played 51. Ugh. You only had Minka for 22. Ugh. KZ for only 18. And Killebrew, bless his heart as a special teamer, should not be out there for seven or for 11 defensive snaps. So that's a huge problem with this game, of course. Porter played every snap. Peterson played every snap. Starting to be a pretty common theme for those guys. Wallace played 41. Sullivan played 31. Pierre played one. I'm kind of done with all those guys, to be honest with you. So, you know, that's 73 snaps combined for Wallace, Sullivan, and Pierre. Yeah, it's not winning football. Um, some notes on the Colts' offensive snap counts. I don't see a whole lot here to get too excited about. But they did have four receivers play 21 or more snaps. Pittman only lasted for 21. That's why I wanted to stress that. I mean, so they had 67 possible snaps and lost Pittman after 21. He was tearing the Steelers apart. And, you know, Downs, Montgomery, and Pierce played quite a bit after that, of course. They once again played four tight ends quite a bit, but less so that was more... They played more 12 than they have. So, Ogletree played 37, Mo Alley-Cox played 36, Granson played 20, and Mallory played 8. And the running back stuff I thought was kind of interesting. They only got – Moss only lasted 19 snaps. How long? Pittman was only 21. Goodson played 18. Sermon played 30. So, here's the Steeler offensive snap stuff, skill guys, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Wide receivers – out of a possible 58, Pickens was out there for 54. Let's get him the football more, however you do it. Johnson was out there for 50. I thought both those guys had good matchups that they did not exploit nearly enough. Robinson for 36. I think you guys know my feeling on that. It's far from ideal. Austin for nine. Boykin for four. They need to find another receiver. Fryermuth played 44. Hayward played 16, only 14 for Washington, only two for Williams. What's alarming, interesting to me is one of my big keys for this game was heavy personnel, a lot of Darnell Washington, extra offensive linemen. Now, I'm sure Washington played very little in the second half when you're trying to come back, but you only had him out there for 14 snaps for the whole game. You couldn't have stuck with that a little more. Yeah, Rudolph came in for six. Trubisky played 52. And I mentioned Warren had his biggest snap share. He had 40. Najee only had 20. I think some of that is catch-up mode. Um, Najee still out-carried him 12 to 10. But Najee did not have a target in this game where Warren had six. Yeah. In terms of routes run, Najee only ran four routes the entire game. Warren ran 25. So, I think it's probably about time to put a bow on that disaster. Uh, talk to you guys soon. Over and out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.